in the mighty name of Jesus, I declare fresh fire from the Lord in this place. The fresh fire of God. The fresh fire of the Holy Spirit in this house, in the mighty name of Jesus. A fire that cannot be quenched. A fire that we cannot contain. A fire that we cannot control. Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, as you know, we're still in a series entitled Revival Fire. Today's message is entitled The Winds of Change, and it is part number seven in the series. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. And by the way, don't forget to visit our contact page and give us a short testimony about how Kingdom Rock is really blessing your life. It would really bless us. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, The Winds of Change, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. I feel Jesus in this place. Yes, my soul does burn within me. I feel Jesus. He's in this place. Go ahead and hug one another. Online community, we greet you today in the mighty, majestic name of Jesus. We thank you for being a part of this service today. Wherever you are all around the world, we want you to know that you are loved, you are accepted, and let me tell you that through the blood of Jesus, you are also secure. Praise God Almighty. Praise God. Oh, it's the love of God that flows. It's the love of God that flows. It's the love of God. There are just some things you can't get from the computer, so we tell you as soon as you can, get here. If you can't get here, get to where you can experience the love of God. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm so honored to be here with you today, and I'm glad that you are here. I'm glad that you are here to share this moment that the Father has given to us. I'm so honored to be here before you today. Hallelujah. And the Lord does have a word to share with you today. So I pray that you're ready and receptive. Your minds, your spirit is alert to hear what thus saith the Lord. As a matter of fact, I declare the decree right now in Jesus' name that every hindrance is bound in Jesus' name. The spirit of slumber is bound in the name of Jesus. Every hindrance, every distraction is bound in the name of Jesus. I counsel, uh, I cancel every assignment of the enemy. I cancel the assignment of the enemy against every single life. Anything death or deadly spoken against your people, well, I declare it to be canceled right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And I release life. Let the life of God flow to your people right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare thrive, thrive, thrive and increase. Grow, 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 grow and thrive. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare fresh fire from the Lord in this place. The fresh fire of God. 
the fresh fire of the Holy Spirit in this house in the mighty name of Jesus. A fire that cannot be quenched. A fire that we cannot contain. A fire that we cannot control. We declare the fire of the Holy Spirit to be poured out in this place today upon this altar and upon the seating area and upon those all that are watching right now by, uh, by the internet. We declare the fire of the Holy Spirit. Let it burn within you. A fresh fire upon the altars of the Lord. A fresh fire. A fresh fire in the temple of the Holy Spirit. Say with me. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I want to just tell you once again, on last Wednesday night, even before we get started, the Lord told us about distractions, the danger of distractions. Don't allow yourself to be distracted. Hallelujah. Don't allow yourself to be distracted. Glory to God. All right. Well, I'm ready to get started this morning. I love Jesus. Don't you love Jesus? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, as you know, we've been in a series entitled Revival Fire. Revival Fire. A change is coming and actually has already come has already come this is part number seven of that series this is part number seven so if you've not heard part six five four three two or one you are invited to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org and there you can hear it you can get our podcast you can download the app you can go to our youtube channel the vimeo channel and there are so many other resources uh, a Periscope, and you can listen to Revive365Radio.com, and here it is, well, our own radio station that is touching lives all around the world. As Minister Nelson just mentioned just a moment ago, as well as our broadcast there on 1440 AM WGMI, I'm grateful for our listeners. We get calls, and uh, this past week we got another call uh, uh, from, a, from a young lady that said uh, she left us a message. Maybe one day I'll play it for you, some of these that we're hearing of how, so, how she was really blessed by the Word of God and uh, how the Word is just touching lives worldwide. So I invite you, online community, drop us a line. Let us know what the Lord, is Jesus, what the Lord Jesus is doing in your life as well. Amen? All right, today let's go to the book of Mark, Mark 11, Mark 11, we're going to do just a little bit of reading today. As the Lord takes us here uh, into this text, this would be possibly, I would say, one of the most prophetic messages that I have ever ministered before. So I pray that you are ready and uh, receptive to hear what thus saith the Lord. Your attendance here today is not by accident, it is not by coincidence. Uh, there's a fresh move of God that is happening among his people. And I am only one voice that is crying out in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. I'm assigned today to tell you what's on the Lord's time clock, what the Lord is doing and is about to do uh, in the church and among his people. Hallelujah. A move of God is needed desperately in our world today. And let me tell you, when God moves, uh, he's going to move through his people. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So let's go ahead and read. I'm going to read, and you can read with me. I'll be reading uh, the King James Version. Uh, the scriptures may be uh, available to you on the screen, or you can read them in your own Bibles. Make note of it here. Uh, Mark 11, I'm going to read it through. I'm going to read verses 11 through 26, and then we'll go back and talk about it. 
Verse number 11, again, out of the King James Version, Mark 11, out of the King James, and it says this, And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked round about upon all things, say all things. And now, uh, and now the eventide was come. He uh, went out unto uh, Bethany with the twelve. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, uh, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And they come to Jerusalem. And Jesus went into the temple and began to cast them that sold and bought in the temple. Uh, one more time. And began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple and he taught saying unto them it is um, is it not written my house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer but ye have made it a den of thieves and the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remember it, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Verse 25, and when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. And if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your, tras your trespasses. Can somebody say praise the, Lord? praise the Lord? All right, today we'll be speaking from the subject of the, the winds of change. The winds of change. I can tell you prophetically now, once again, let those who have an ear, let those that have an ear hear what the Spirit of the Lord saith, saith to the churches. Hallelujah. The wind of change. The Father is blowing a massive wind of change through his church today through the church community through the body of christ there is a massive wind of change beginning to blow and let me tell you now even before we really get into this that you begin to see some of this uh, in the news you begin to see disturbances in many churches 
And some will say it's just the devil. But let me tell you now, it won't be the devil. It will be the Lord blowing a wind of change through his church. A wind of change. He is blowing and he is blowing and uh, his wind will be removing everything that is not tied down, everything that is not rooted in him, everything that is false, everything that is uh, uh, falsely religious, uh, everything that is not of him will be blown away. And what will remain will be that that he has planted, that he has established, and it will be a beacon to this generation and beyond. Hallelujah, hallelujah, and amen. amen. So the Lord gives us um, several prophetic pictures here that I need you to see. So I pray that you are uh, praying with me today, and I can give you the word of God because you understand it's just, it's just not me it's going to take all of us, all of us praying, uh, praying in step and in season in tune with the spirit that's going to cause the word of God to come to pass today. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Look again at verse number 11. I want you to see this. Now, prior to verse number 11, Jesus comes into Jerusalem and uh, he has, he, this is his triumphant uh, entry into Jerusalem. And, and they have put him on a, a donkey where no man is set before. And they have um, uh, placed palm branches in the streets. And they have cried, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. And so he's riding into Jerusalem. And he finally gets there. And now he enters into the temple. And the Bible says, and when, when he had looked round about upon all things. Now, we know because we've just read before that the all things that he looked on, he was not pleased with. Because the very next day, he's about to come back and deal with it. Oh, I love Jesus. So many ways here. Please let this be a lesson to you as well. Just because you see it wrong at that moment it may not be the time for you to deal with it at that moment. Sometimes it's good for you to go away for a little bit. Seek counsel as to what to do with it and then come back and deal with it. It's not good to get into your emotions and begin to, begin to strike out of things at things when you haven't sought the Lord. Hallelujah. He looks around about all things that are in the temple. He's even saying to them, because this uh, is the second time he has cleansed the temple. And so now he, is now he is in the temple, the great judge, the great king. This is his house, by the way. He comes into his house, and he looks around, and he sees what is going on, and he is not pleased with it at all. He is telling them, I am here. His very presence is speaking volumes. I am here. And they see him and they do nothing. He says, I am here. You know, I said, get this stuff out of here. You know, the last time I cleansed it, I told you to get it out, and now you have brought it right back. And he comes back and says, I'm here. And he looks round about, giving them an opportunity to repent. The Bible says that he leaves. And it is almost as if he has approved of what's been going on. He has seen it, but hasn't done anything about it. 
Just like the Lord has seen much of the mess that's been going on in our churches and in some of our lives today, he's seen, he's seen the, the hidden things, the, the things that we have not repented of. He has seen it, and it seems like he has approved because he has done nothing about it. But a wind is beginning to blow. There is something that God wants from us, and there is something that he wants from his church, and he's hungry for it. He's desiring of it. And you're going to see how in this text, and no, the only way for him to receive it is for him to deal with it. So it seems like right now that these things have, have gone like, he, like God's approved of it, like Jesus approves of it, and that everything's okay because after all, he came in, he looked around, and then the Bible says he left. The Bible says it was even. It was evening time. It was late in the day, so he left. And he goes to Bethany. Bethany meaning the house of dates. He goes to Bethany, you know, dates the, the little fruit, that, that sweet. He goes to a sweet place. But, but also Bethany also means the house of misery. Sweet but miserable. He's resting in a sweet place, but it, it's also miserable because he knows what's about to happen the very next day. He knows what's going on in Jerusalem. He knows what's going on in his house. So he cannot find a, a complete sweet rest as of yet because he's got to begin to deal with something. Now notice, as he goes back to Bethany, and as he comes on, the Bible says, on the morrow, in verse number 12, on the morrow he comes back from Bethany, and the Bible says that he sees a fig tree in the way. And it says that he is hungry. Now, if you don't watch this, this will just go right over your head. For many years, people have said, well, why did Jesus curse this fig tree? The Bible clearly says, well, it says that Jesus was hungry and he went to this fig tree, seeing the fig tree have leaves from a distance. The Bible says if he went and to seek fruit on it, if happily, if happily or by chance, um, that it would have um, fruit on it, it would have figs on it so that he could eat something. It says he was hungry. And he saw leaves from a distance. And then the Bible says um, he went there and he looked on the fig tree and he found no fruit whatsoever. Why? Why did Jesus find no fruit? It says plainly, for the time of figs was not yet. I've heard people say, well, why did Jesus do that? Did he misunderstand some things? It doesn't make a lot of sense. This fig tree was not, it, 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 was, it was not the time for it. It was not the season for it. Maybe some fruit would have come later on, but Jesus cursed it. What's wrong with him? Doesn't he understand how the fruit tree works? Why would he curse something that is not in season? It doesn't make a lot of sense. But this is why you need to dig a little bit deeper. Because it's not about that. Understand something. Let me give you, let me clue you in on just a, just a few things here. Number one, if a fig tree had leaves, it should also have fruit. Because the leaves and the fruit grow together. Leaves the fig leaves and the figs grow together. So if there is one, there should be the other. 
But you say, well, maybe somebody picked them all. Uh-uh-uh. The Bible says that it was not time for the figs. That is, there were no ripe tree. There were no ripe frig, uh, figs yet on that tree. They will only harvest from a tree once the fruit is ripened. So it was before, this would have been before the time of harvest. So the fruit, or we can say in this case, the figs and the leaves should be growing together. So at the least, the tree should have had leaves with unripened figs. Because the time of figs, the season for figs, the harvest for that fruit was not yet. So at the least, he should have come and looked in the tree, looked in its leaves there, and seen a tree full of unripened figs. Let's say, well, maybe there are a lot of people uh, that would have gone by that way. Maybe they all got unripe figs. I highly doubt that. So at the least... The tree should have had or been full or have had some. You're talking about a whole tree. It should have had some at the least unripened figs because the leaves were there and the fruit and the leaves grow together. So Jesus is walking and he sees the tree from a distance having leaves. And if it has leaves, that means that the figs or the fruit should be there as well. So what you see here is something that is an, is an abomination. You see something here that is unnatural and that is highly unusual. How a fig tree is fully leafed. It's in full leaf, but it has no figs whatsoever. In other words, this, um, this tree is telling us that it pretends to have all of the rituals. It pretends to have all the activity of fruit. It says, you can be satisfied with me. I've got all the things that you need. It tells that to every, every weary traveler passing by. And some have looked up and I'm sure have looked at a tree like Christ has. And they were disappointed every time they came by. They one after another looking up nothing there and if you'll understand leaves in the scripture most definitely in this case represents religion this is what man has done even back from the garden of Eden how man took leaves from the tree and covered himself this was an act of religion remember what God gave them God gave them of uh, the skin of an animal because that animal's blood was shed and the without the shedding of blood is no remission of sin Leaves were Adam and Eve's attempts to cover up their sin with their own works. And the leaves on this tree represents a religious work, a religious work that has no fruit. Understand something that fruit in the Bible, especially here, has to do with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Go into the book of Galatians and you'll find the fruit of the Spirit. So what you'll find here, you'll find a religious system that has no fruit, that has no spirit. And many have come by this tree seeking to be refreshed, 
seeking to be fed. They've come to religion. They've come to, quote, unquote, houses of worship, but they have found no spirit. The Holy Ghost is not there, but they do have the rituals. They do have the form. They do have the activity of promising God's over here, God's over here, God's over here. But when the weary traveler comes, when the hungry person comes in, they can find no rest, nothing to ease their burdens, nothing to ease their pains. They're still hungering and craving, and many have come to that tree and have been disappointed time after time after time after time, cannot connect with God. They cannot be refreshed, and Jesus comes to that tree and says, no more. No more will you do this to my people. He says, no man eat fruit from you hereafter forever. I'm shutting this religious system down. And so this is something that's very prophetic that Jesus is showing us here. Some would say this is a, this is a foreshadowing of what he's about to do. Well, what is Jesus about to do? He's about to go back into the temple. Have we just read just a moment ago? First of all, Jesus came in the temple there. He was there and he stayed there for a moment, looked around. He's the wind, the wind of the spirit blows in the temple and then he leaves. And then he comes back. It is like the breath of God blowing in, rather breathing in and blowing out blowing in rather breathing in and blowing out this is this is what jesus did going in and coming out going in and coming out and with every breath they get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and so now we see how jesus is about to come back about to go back into the temple of god he has looked on things in the temple and he has not been pleased the first thing he does there he begins to uh, let's look at it here as a matter of fact we're going to read it. Uh, let's go back to um, let's go back to verse number fifteen. And they came, or rather, and they come to Jerusalem. And Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple. Those that sold and bought in the temple, they were buying sacrifices. This was something that was needed. None of these things that Jesus said was wrong. They were just in the wrong place. This particular one, doing this in the wrong place. This was not the setting for that. Do that out there, but not in here. The house must be maintained as sacred at all times. He didn't have time for people to haggle over this. How much for this sheep? How much for this goat? How much? for this and how much for that haggling in the church over money haggling over this and that God said no that does not belong in my house you're not going to make my house a place of merchandise anymore because understand all of this was happening in what was called the court of the Gentiles the court of the Gentiles where people were coming to seek the face of God they were not uh, under the uh, covering or the covenant of God because they were not seed of Abraham 
but these were people that were coming from all over all over the world that had heard the God uh, they heard heard about the God of Israel they had heard about the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob they had heard about the wonders that he did in Egypt they had heard about the the Jericho walls falling down they heard about all those things and they heard about the prophets like Elijah and, and Elisha they heard about uh, they heard about everything the mighty exploits that the father had done and so they come from every place this is why the Bible says that his house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations and so all nations had come to seek to seek the face of God and they were coming to the court of Gentiles because they were not in covenant with God as of yet but Jesus would handle that just shortly hallelujah they were not in covenant just as yet so the only place they can come and worship him and seek his face was there in the court of Gentiles so they come desperate these desperate weary travelers seeking the face of God these desperate weary travelers hungry and thirsting for God hungering and thirsting for communion with God they'd come they come and looked upon this tree called religion and they saw fruit they saw leaves but because of all the busyness in the temple because of all the haggling here and there they were so distracted they couldn't find the fruit that they desired but hold on God said I'm coming there's a people that are really seeking my face there's a people that long for intimacy with me and God said hold on I'm coming I'm sending a wind I'm sending a wave through my church and I'm going to blow out everything that I did not plant I'm going to blow out everything that hinders or distracts my people from coming into a relationship with me hold on I'm coming and in the fullness of time God puts on human flesh and steps out of eternity into time and he steps into the temple surveys and then comes in and he's like the wind that is blowing and he begins first of all to blow out or cast out those that were haggling over the sacrifices are you hearing what we're saying today? God beginning to deal with it. He began, he first of all, cast out, get out. Those that are making merchandise in his house. He didn't say it was wrong, but don't do it here. I get so tired of those who tried to sell the Jesus t-shirts. Nothing wrong with the Jesus t-shirts and the cross, hallelujah. But when you try, try to make merchandise of it, when you try to make yourself a filthy prophet on the backs of the saints, we've got a problem with that. When we can't get into the house of God and commune with God without being stopped at the door saying, would you buy this and, and buy that and buy this and, and buy that, you need this and you need that, there's a problem with that. And the Bible says he, he cast out them that sold and bought in the temple. And then he says he overthrew the tables of money changers. He overthrew the tables of money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. Meaning that he overthrew the, the tables and he overthrew the seats. Overthrew the tables of the money changers. Yes, they were. This is where the people would come in from foreign places and they would bring their foreign currency there and they would exchange their foreign, uh, their foreign currency uh, for the currency or for the monies of the temple. They will exchange it for the shackles and things of that nature uh, that were needed, the gold or silver pieces that were needed to, uh, to offer before the Lord. 
They would change them. And they were supposed to, the priest there was supposed to give them a fair exchange, dollar for dollar, so to speak. But they didn't. They, these were unrighteous uh, they had unrighteous scales. They may have gave them, let's say they gave them $100, but they said, well, your $100 is, is only worth 50, only worth 75. You've got to give more if you want to, if you want to give that. These were unrighteous scales. They were cheating the people out of their money. They were cheating the people out of their money. This was a money-making scheme right here in the halls of the church, cheating the people of God who are coming to serve the Lord, cheating the people of God out of their finances. This was the Lord saying no more. He overturned the tables. Now the Bible says he overturned the tables because simply not only was there something just going on top of it, but there was something very wicked going under, going on under the table. He turned the tables over to reveal what was hidden there under. And let me tell you, this is one thing that you're going to see that God's going to do. He's going to uncover, reveal, overturn some things and allow the world to see what's been going on. Don't think it's the devil it's the Lord cleansing the house it's the Lord cleansing the house when you see it on Fox when you see it on CNN this preacher here and that preacher there that church this and that church don't think it's the devil it's the Lord cleansing his house revealing what has been hidden and what's been going on for quite some time God said you're distracting my people from hearing from me you're distracting my people from praying you're distracting the relationship I love them and they're trying to connect with me and you got this mess going on remember for a while Jesus saw it but did nothing but now the lamb is about to transform into the lion and the lion is about to go through his house hallelujah, hallelujah. I pray that you hear he overturns the tables of money changers those that are handling the money deceitfully, the people's money deceitfully. And he also overturns the seats of those that sold doves. Those uh, doves also represent the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God trying to sell the anointing. And I've known people, my God, who say, well, you want a word from me? Yes, I have a prophetic gift. You want a word from me? Well, how much money do you have? Pay me, and I will give you a word. This kind of mess is going on today in the church, being paid for a word. Pay me, and I'll give you a good word. This is happening right now, where the people of God are being robbed of their finances. They're being robbed of their finances, the, the, where the members go out, where the members go out and give all that they can and the preacher drives the, the preacher drives the Roll Royce. Now I'm not I'm, I have nothing about prosperity. You be prosperous, but not on the back of the people of God. Not on the back of the people of God. Jesus says, I am coming, and there is a wind that is blowing. Hallelujah. There is a wind that is blowing. He overturns the tables of the money changers, saying, I will show you what's been going on underneath. And those that have been selling the anointing, selling a word, selling prayer, God said, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. There is a wind that is blowing. And so as he deals with this, he gives the word, he gives validation. Now understand, nobody could resist him. There's nowhere in the text where you see that somebody begins to say, Jesus, you are wrong. Even when the chief priests and, and Pharisees, when they, when they begin, or scribes and chief priests, when they begin to 
plan against him. None of them said, Jesus, you're wrong. Further on in the text, when Jesus comes back into the temple, they ask him, by what authority do you do this? But they did not say you were wrong in doing this. He was extremely right in doing this, and they knew that he was right. They could not ignore the truth. Are you hearing? Let's begin to close right here. The Bible says in verse number 17, and he taunted them. After he cleansed the temple, he taunted them and said, my house shall be called of all nations. Nations is the word ethnos, which means all people, ethnic groups. All ethnic groups, black, white, Asian. It doesn't matter what ethnic group, Hispanic, doesn't matter what ethnic group. He says his house is to be called of all nations, the house of prayer, a house of true intimacy. But you, talking to the religious leaders and those who had charge of the house of God in that day, you have made it, transformed it. You have reformed it into a den, a place of rest and safety for the thieves, for robbers. You have allowed the robbers to remain. You have allowed the thieves to remain. You have allowed the worship to be stolen from me. This is, why the, this is where the thieves come in, not just as they were stealing from the people or, uh, or as they were bamboozling the people of God, but they were stealing God's worship. The intimacy that he longs for from his people and that his people long, for, long from him, he longs for them and they long for him. And again, Jesus was hungry for something. He was hungry for intimacy. He has the heart of the Father. If you want to see the father, look at Jesus. The father said simply, you have stolen my worship. You have stolen my intimacy too long. And I will no longer stand for this. I will no longer tolerate this. And what happens after this? Well, after the thieves are removed from the court of Gentiles, now the people have a place to worship. Now the people, I, I hear that Holy Spirit, now the people have a place to be intimate with God. Now, there's one last thing that Jesus cast out that he stopped from happening. Verse number 16, and he said, he would not suffer that any, that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. He would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. What does this mean? Because some people, the Bible says, and even commentators say that porters those that were carrying furniture or, or furnishings. The temple was a, was a big place, and it took up much of the city. And instead of walking all around the temple, the priest let them walk through it. Well, it's much shorter to walk through the house of God. It's more convenient for me to walk through the house of God. It's better for me. It's profitable for me. I can see somebody. Hey, how you doing? I can make connections as I walk through the house of God. It's not about God. I don't really come here for God, they say. I just need God to, or his place to help me get better in life. This is a better way for me to do things. This is why I come to church. I come to church to network. 
And some say, I'll come to church to see so I can find somebody to go home with. I find something here, but they come into the house of God this way and that way, not for Jesus, but to find a better way of life for themselves. Something a little bit easier so they won't have to go through so much trouble. Jesus says, oh yes, I'm stopping that too. Because you are distracting those that are really coming to worship. To worship. Oh, I feel for you sisters. In some places all around the world, in churches you're there trying to worship God, then you got some man, hey, what you doing tonight? I'm going to be on my, my, on my knees seeking the face of God. What you going to be doing? I didn't come here to hook up or find some type of connection with somebody. I came to seek the face of God for an answer. I came for Jesus. Now, if Jesus has your Boaz in the house, then fine. Hallelujah. Boaz, a good man, wealthy man. Someone that God had in store. And if he has your Boaz in the house, then fine. And I hope you continue. I hope, I pray one day that you will find your Boaz in that place. Hallelujah. They couldn't, defute, they couldn't refute the word. Jesus is coming. I'm not talking about in the sweet by and by either. I'm talking about the winds of change are already blowing. What does it mean for the church? Again, he's going to uproot, blow out. When a tornado comes through, it uproots and blows out. There's a wind that is blowing through the house of God. The breath of God is blowing through his house because he wants the worship that's coming from his people. He longs for intimacy. Remember, God is love. And those who want to encounter love should be able to encounter it without the hindrances or distractions of all those that are around them that are not there for the same reason and purpose. Jesus says, hold on. I'm coming. And when you see it, it will be a quick work. It won't take years and years and years. You're going to see a quick word. What does it mean individually? That means you better hold your socks too. You better ask God, Lord, whatever's in my life that needs to be blown out now, go ahead and do it. Whatever's in me or around me that is not like you, go ahead and do it. Because once these things are removed, you're going to find the Shekinah glory of God filling his house once again. Because the world's in desperate need. They are hungry. They are thirsty for the presence of God. They are thirsty and hungry for the real. For the real. For the real. But they can't find it amongst all the mess. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the words you've given us today. Lord, I pray that um, you would continue to deal with us. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. 
That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.